Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, sitting across from me, Greg Dutcher. And again, this week, Steve Hartland joined us. Steve, how you doing? Hey, really great to be here. I always love coming over to see you guys, even when it's, uh, sometimes it's on short notice, and I've told them, just anytime, invite Man. me. I just love hanging out with you guys, so thanks. We're so glad you're available, because you are one of the favorite regulars that we yes, have on. Yes, he so is. Yes, he thank is. Thank you for making yourself available to us. We uh, do, Nathan, have a couple of guys on Facebook from time to time to tell us, please make Steve a regular. They, yes. I yes. would like um, Dave Shive and Matt Smith to know, I don't think I've gotten a message about that. Those <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> uh, is that is that not encouraging? <laughs> because of my looks. Right. right? <laughs> Steve, like you always said, you got the perfect face for podcasts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I th- but no, we love having you in, Steve. And I, yep. I mean, it was like early afternoon. I'm texting you guys because yep. our buddy Jeff Krautz, to our listeners, who is mm-hmm. a good pastor friend, yep. great brother. He's out there in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, has taken a little hiatus because he had some crazy stuff going on with his church in the last six months. Just, you know, staff changes mm-hmm. and you know, new things that they were implementing. Uh, so he is going to jump back in tonight. He had a elders meeting that was going to be hard to juggle. Yep. So I said, Hey, got an idea. We might be talking about something else tonight anyway. Yes. And it was going to be just you and I, and we hope Steve comes. So thank you, Steve. For yeah. Coming. So really truth it. be told, yes, truth be told, yep. uh, the listeners might like to know that, um, I had a choice to make tonight. It was either stay at home with my mother-in-law who's visiting <laughs> us or come out here and do kingdom work. <laughs> and the kingdom went out. Yes. Uh-huh. Dude. I, uh, and uh, weird, Nathan, how Steve asked right before we went live tonight to, um, could we do a podcast every night for the next <laughs> three weeks? <laughs> next three weeks, please. Yeah, I thought that was uh-huh. a little strange. You do know that reminds me yeah. of one of my favorite jokes, the uh, the definition of mixed emotions. Oh, no. When your mother-in-law drives your brand-new Porsche over a cliff. That's, uh, <laughs> that is... Oh, man, that's great. Don't know what to do with that, but... Um, uh, that's one use of a Porsche. Yeah, right. I, I, I'll tell you what, man. I sure am hoping... That your mother-in-law does not listen to this podcast. I'm, I'm going to guess that she doubtful. doesn't. It's very doubtful. Yeah. Now I feel um, better. I feel better. Oh, that's funny. Well, tonight, guys, we are um, we, we like we said we switched topics. Um, actually, inspired by something going on over in the Refo- Reformed Pubcast. Yeah, there was a discussion that was going on about. Um, the Powerball, whether or not uh, it's right to play or wrong to play, and uh, actually sparked a huge uh, set of responses back and forth. And there was about 50-50 going on. People yep. thinking, yeah, you know, no problem, whatever, and then others just vehemently against it. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we're all about controversy on here. And Love this it. is a perfect time because we are doing our uh, fireside month. Yes. Um, Winter our, hot topics. That's right. So, and this is a hot topic, gambling. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. The Powerball is up to is it? I think it, I saw it uh, this morning on the news. I want to say it was like one point four billion, billion. Yep. Yes. cash payout, like of it's like six hundred million yes. something. Or, something. or if you take it like uh, where they're gonna pay you an installment every month, yes. your, it's like uh, three or four million. A month. Wow. Yeah. Just imagine that. Man, how can you make it on that? Yeah, really. I mean, that's... <laughs> like, they give me three million this month. Yeah. I have no idea what to do I, with it. I was going to say. Then in a month, another three million. Well, <laughs> and, and we're recording this. Uh, we're actually recording this Tuesday night yep. um, for our listeners, so you know. Um, so there's still going to be one more night 
before that the power yeah. can jack up. So it can it jack can, up because the more high. buy, the more the cash value yeah, rises. Crazy. And uh, it's, it's it, it, I think there there's one I saw online <laughs> in Europe a few years ago that was called El Gordo that was bigger, hmm. but okay. it's biggest here. Man. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So, wow. Um, and to start our podcast, we had a caller we call did. in, um, and so we uh, we have that message from the Reverend Doctor. James King. Uh, you know, Reverend oh. Dr. James King, Steve, now last time, well, he, this I think is his third call. Fortunately, I have not received his wrath, or, nor has Nathan yet. Uh, you did the first time I did. you were on. And, I was subject to it. And Dave Shive. This one's a little more general. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I don't know how. There's a leak inside this organization, Nathan. I know. Our, our massive staff at these Go to 11, somebody is leaking this information because <laughs> uh, the Reverend James King left us a I, call. I, I blame Dave Shive. I do, too. I do, too. Maybe Dave Shive is the Reverend James King. But um, this is uh, the cell phone message we got this evening from the Reverend James King when he heard what our topic was. Here we go. Uh, Reverend James King uh, from the Reverend James King, King James Bible Believing Teaching Preaching Ministries. It's been some time now since I've commented on the These Go To Eleven anti-God cast, but... See, while they've been talking about alcohol and Christmas bears, I've been out evangelizing people through the King James Gospel presentation. Now, I'm commenting today only because I hear that the so-called Christian men are going to be discussing whether or not a Christian can play the lottery. Well, let me tell you, my friends, casting lots is Bible-believing Christianity, playing the lottery, well, that's straight out of the, the belly of the abyss. Uh, a place of darkness and smoke. Doubtless, many a Democrat has fallen headlong sparing pit. Now, let me tell you why I bet. I'm going to make a prediction that these men won't think it's a big deal to play the lottery simply because they're Calvinists. See, they believe everything is predestinated. They believe everything is happening on script. See, let me tell you about Calvinism. Calvinists love to see people die and go to hell. I met one the other day <laughs> who told me God is pleased to send people to hell. See, the Calvinist wakes up with one grand ambition every morning, to see somebody die and go to hell. Now, let, let me just share with you, Calvinism is not in the Bible. My Bible tells me Jesus died for the world. That's right, world, W-O-L-D. You say, can I prove it? I sure can. In fact, it's my conviction that Jesus died not only for humans, but he also died for animals. You take the book of Revelation. What's Jesus riding in that book? Come on, say it to me now. It's a horse. You think God made that horse? No, God made everything in six days. That's a redeemed, resurrected horse. So uh, for those of you that think it's fine to play Powerball, let me remind you that it's Satan's Powerball, and you will get on that ball and roll yourself straight into the lake of fire. Well, that's enough for tonight, Reverend James King from the James King, King James Bible Believing, Teaching, Preaching Ministries. Wow, guys. Oh, the man speaks with authority. I, I, I'm thinking you know, Greg, he's not a fan of Powerball. Yeah. You know, Greg, he, he may never have ripped you and I, but he sure loves to rip the podcast. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I don't think he's a big fan of this podcast, I guys. I, I want to see if we're going to do one that he really likes sometime. But I wonder if he has that whole ministry title and a picture of himself painted on the door of his car. Yeah. It's an oil painting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a uh, black velvet Elvis-style oil painting yeah. of the Reverend James King. I, I don't know, man. He uh, that argument was pretty compelling, though. 
No, it wasn't. Yeah, well, I did want to say, Nathan, since you introduced the topic, uh, I have a belated Christmas gift for each of you guys. Uh, now this is the studio. I would like to hand it each to you. Oh, check this out. Purchase tonight. Now my only... I'm not sure I can touch that. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to let the uh-huh. audience know my view right out of the right out of the gate. Should be I... wrong if I buy one, but okay if you give me one. Exactly. <laughs> that way, Steve, you can go back to your church as we can say, I was handed a Powerball ticket from another pastor. Who, who am I to turn down a gift? <laughs> my, my only minor stipulation is if either you two schlubs win off of those six uh, <laughs> I just want a paltry $2 million <laughs> of your $600 million. Pocket change. Yes, brother. yes, exactly. So that's all I need. So wow. um, Yeah, that was fun, man. I bought those at the 7-Eleven and uh, just said, yeah. Was there a line? Uh, there, the, the guy in front of me bought, uh, bought one. Uh-huh. And okay. uh, so that you know made me um, feel, and I've, I will say I've never bought one, and I thought this is going to be fun nice. uh, because it was you know something that I thought, wow, maybe this would be a big story here. But no, I just went up and I said, how many of these have you sold? And the guy there at the Seven Eleven told me uh, that um, I, it, as of today, well over 150. You know, he, he doesn't oh, know yeah. the count, just people coming one in day. and out. So one little Seven Eleven in our my neck of the woods in Forest Hill, Maryland. You know, and then I heard yesterday, I don't know how accurate it is, that at one point in the fever pitch over the weekend, mm-hmm. they were estimated selling something like 100,000 tickets per hour. Oh, uh, oh. And uh, guys, the odds of those are good for you, for you guys to <laughs> One out of 292 million. See, I stand a good chance right now. <laughs> you do. There. That's uh-huh. right. You, but watch it. They, they draw tomorrow. Yep. You yep. never know. Better chance yep. I'll be the next president. Right. <laughs> you know, That's what's funny, right. Greg, is it's probably a good thing you bought these today because yeah. tomorrow, before that closes out, yeah. every store is going to be oh, standing. I bet. It's going to be a frenzy. Yeah, I bet. There, there will be people. I remember um, the other times that the Mega Million and the Powerball within recent years was up to the highest they had ever been. And we had we had lines. Wow. And, and we had people dropping hundreds wow. of dollars. Dude, I never thought you sold yeah. those when you worked yeah. uh, at the liquor store. Of course. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. My no. wife works with somebody who dropped 600 bucks in tickets mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Yeah. And, of course, came up empty-handed. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I do have to say, uh, Mark Sweeney, who's been on here before, our executive pastor here, said at some point, if this gets – Big enough if nobody wins tomorrow night mm-hmm. that will some Warren Buffett type person? I, I wonder if they have some sort of mechanism to prevent <laughs> yeah. this. Uh-huh. Or Say, China hey, will buy up tickets. Yeah, yeah. two hundred ninety-two million combinations. <laughs> so I'll buy all two hundred ninety-two million combinations. Yep. Uh, you know, two dollars a ticket. So that's a little under six hundred, mm-hmm. uh, six hundred million. But if the cash value gets to be at one point a billion plus, yeah, where else can you get that kind yeah. of return on investment? Yeah. They must have a way to. Um, prevent that wouldn't they um no i mean there's and that happened before and that's why they changed the uh the lottery tickets if you notice the mega million and the powerball both are national games um we have our own separate games in maryland as does every other state but the mega million and the powerball are national games and they've changed them recently so you notice that um if if you go back uh, a little over a year um, to the Mega Million, the top numbers used to be uh, less. The bottom numbers used to be more, and that changed the odds. So the odds have actually gone up on those. Interesting. And that's why they did it was because several years ago, a company found out that, oh, if we make this much of an investment and put it into it and do do these tickets, then we'll actually get back what we made on it and then some. And then some, of course. And, and they it's did it, brainer. and they won, and 
they hmm. got their they got their return back, which does make you feel kind of bad for the I don't know the single mom that buys her ticket, yeah, yeah. open uh-huh. some yeah. big white shirt, yeah. corporate shark guy comes mm-hmm. in there and you know, you know some the, hedge fund manager and gobbles it up. It's amazing how big this thing is. Like everywhere yeah. I go, I'm hearing people just talking about this. Yeah, yeah. once in a while, I treat myself to breakfast at a Denny's over there in Abingdon. I right, went down right. there this morning, yeah, and you know the, the waitress calls me hun, yeah, that kind oh, of life, uh, and and. Everybody in there just talking and chattering about the Powerball. Yeah. Wow. Did you buy a ticket? Yeah, I bought five. And they're, they're saying. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. Now, it's funny because, um, you know, we're just going to throw this out. But I have I have uh, some, some thoughts and questions for you guys that yeah. I want to pose. Um, none of us are opposed to this. Um, and and we're just throwing our cards on the table right there. Well, our Powerball tickets on the table right, right here. I was really hoping. I was, I was hoping one of you was going to be opposed to it because that would have been more exciting. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, yeah. I, I got an article here, brothers. I mentioned from Al Moeller who mm-hmm. put his All on right. the brief. He stands in with respected us. evangelical yep. guy who thinks it is a sign of the degradation of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read his article this morning. A lot of people were talking about it, and I think that might have been what prompted some of the talk on the yeah. on the pub. Yep. Um, and uh, it, it was interesting. I, I'll try not to get in all that. But at times, Steve, I can always read excerpts or represent Moeller's view because he's definitely opposed to it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So we have that presence. Yes, yes. So my my first question to you guys, um, and, and again, you know, because we're not opposed to this, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to put your mind, put, put yourself in the mindset of a person who is. Yeah. Um, what would be the difference between me throwing down two dollars? On this lottery ticket, or, or Greg, you throwing down two dollars for me on this lottery ticket. <laughs> Merry um, Christmas, guys! Thank you. Yeah. And and me investing on the stock market, uh-huh. hundreds of dollars, right. and losing that money in a future that that is uncertain. Right? Can you can you maybe throw you know throw yourselves in that mindset and talk talk me through that a little bit? What what would be the difference between yeah. that? Well, some would say, um, I mean, wow, where do you even start? But recently, FanDuel, DraftKings, some of these sports mm-hmm. fantasy game sites, have, you know, which are quite popular too, uh, have have come under scrutiny. New York has been very tough on it because they consider it basically unauthorized gambling. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the imprimatur of the state or something. Um, their argument has been, no, it's a game of skill mm-hmm. you know, because it's not like the lottery where you're just choosing random numbers that – aren't tied to any intrinsic right. uh, meritorious kind of uh, system. It is totally randomized where they would say uh, a sports betting site. Um, no, you're, you're thinking, hey, I've done my research. Ben Roethlisberger has a torn labrum and a shoulder, mm-hmm. so it would be foolish to go with him. Instead, I'm going to go for Alex Smith mm-hmm. for Kansas City this coming weekend when they play the Patriots, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, of course, that's where the debate. Is it gambling, which tends to be just random crap slot machine kind of stuff or is there a level of skill uh i think those that would say investing in the stock market is a wise financial tool that when studied and understood you know you can make uh make a reasonable investment Mm -hmm. uh that this is a worthwhile thing if you invest in a company that's going to make widgets instead of gidgets Mm -hmm. hey i've got inside information that tells me these widgets are going to be very popular in this region at such and such time but i I think what you're getting at, Nathan, is – but unless a person has omniscience, right. I'm pretty sure that belongs to just one person I know. Yeah. Um, 
to some degree, it is a risk, yep. and you are taking your money and mm-hmm. putting it in a place where it, it could dissolve. Right. I feel like, well, I have a problem with neither one. Right. Uh, so I feel consistent right. in that regard. I'm trying to think what somebody else would say. What What do you think, Steve? I mean, you, you've you've had some uh, interactions, haven't you, with some high level, probably investment guys and stuff? And you've you've done a church building campaign, which I've not done. Um, and I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah, I've heard plenty of horror stories yeah. from people who have invested in one kind of stock or another and either lost a lot of money or I, a friend of mine just invested a lot in a startup company. It really looked great. Awesome product. He was telling me about it. He flew out to meet the owner. He invested a lot of his I mean, a lot of money. In. It, it took him like six months to just barely break even wow. and get out of it. Wow. Uh so even when you've done your research and you're good at this, and he is, and so on, th- there's still a degree of gambling in it, right? Yeah. There are uncertainties. Risk, so we're talking sure. about degrees of gambling. Yeah, the Powerball is 100% gambling. There's no way you can outsmart that thing. Yeah. Right. right. But yeah. uh, there is gambling in a lot of things. Yeah. Like every time I get on my Harley Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. I'm gambling. Would I be safer in a suburban? Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. But I'm saying, all right, I'm willing to face these odds. There are a yeah. lot of odds in a lot of things. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I think hey, that's that's one, yeah. Something else I'd like to mention, because sure enough, somebody from my church is going to listen to this, and I'll get in trouble, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to back up and say, I, I'm really sympathetic to the fact that somebody listening to this podcast is going to be really, really opposed to any shape or form of gambling because, let's say, their dad gambled away the money that should have bought their tennis shoes when they were eight. Sure. Mm-hmm. Their dad gambled away the money that should have bought their food, but should have put them through college or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was drunk and he was a gambler, and so they have nothing good to say about gambling. And I'm really sympathetic to that. And maybe if I came from that background, you know, I'd feel more that way too, though I don't think I would. Uh-huh. I hope I would reason past that and say sure. my one anecdotal piece of evidence isn't the whole case, yeah. and uh, there may be another point of view. We're all coming from somewhere, and some people are coming from, from there. Other people are simply coming from the the kind of fundamentalist background into which I was converted when I uh-huh. was 17. And man, were we opposed to gambling. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like right next to rock and roll and drums. <laughs> right. And dancing and right. chewing tobacco yeah. and dating the girls who do. And yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and going to movies. I remember a huge case being made for Christians don't go to movies. And, and the main reason was, uh, well, you just don't because... A weaker brother might stumble. Yes. Right. Yeah. All right. You know, you could use that argument for anything, right? Sure. So, and it's yeah. used about gambling. A weaker mm-hmm. brother might stumble. Yeah. Maybe you can handle it, but somebody else mm-hmm. might. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm getting off the topic that you specifically asked <laughs> to get back to it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of risk in a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it, it, and here you just risk. You bought me this ticket. You risk $2. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I don't Lisa's think your worried. kids are going to starve. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm t- when my daughter cannot go to college, I'm coming to you. <laughs> yeah. Say, remember that $2 yeah. last year, Steve? I, um, yeah. And, and I think your example, I mean, on alcohol sort of speaks volumes or, or gambling, but you mentioned alcohol, like the drinking mm. thing. It's a very similar issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that grew up with abusive, alcoholic parents, absentee fathers, mm-hmm. same thing. Of course, there's understanding and empathy. Why? They might even choose, I don't want to have anything to do with it at all. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't respect that? Yes. Might be the same thing with gambling. But again, it's the issue of use versus abuse yeah, or misuse. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to get ahead, Nathan. I know you've got some other questions to ask, yeah. but this this topic has been buzzing around a lot because mm-hmm. of this lottery and there's much yeah. that can be said. But since you mentioned that, and maybe I'm getting ahead, you, you, we should know, right? We should know that when there was a possible abuse, 
the solution is not, all right, then rule the whole thing out, right? Right. right. We're going to have to rule out everything. Yeah. Right. We're going to have to rule out chocolate. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Please don't rule out chocolate. Yeah. yeah. But I feel the same about the lottery as I do about chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, chocolate has a place. Chocolate mm-hmm. can be controlled. But if somebody goes nuts on chocolate and that's right. all they ever eat, right. that's a problem. Yeah. 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 Well, and I I remember I um I was having a discussion actually not too long ago uh with my brother-in-law and my uncle and we were, you know, we were discussing that idea of what if a, you know, uh, a weaker brother sees you or hears the things that you're doing and it causes them to stumble and fall and I, I I've come to the place in my life after being a teacher and again, maybe this is why I'm no longer a teacher, uh, but I I just decided that you know what just because I have students doesn't mean that I'm a forbidden to do anything. Yeah, right. Um, and and I came to this place, you know, thinking about the context of Joy and I being married. Yeah. Um, we are allowed to enjoy certain privileges as a married couple that you're not allowed to biblically as an unmarried couple. Yes. And I and I said so. So does that mean that Joy and I stop participating in these privileges right. just because? Um, it might cause one of my students to say, oh, well, you know, Mr. Bell does it, and so it's okay for me to do it. Sure. Um, and, and, and to me, I just realized how ridiculous that is. Yeah. Um, that, that we really need to, you know, judge, you know. Now, obviously, if there is a brother or sister, as I think we're talking about, who seriously has issues with this, we yeah. are not to flaunt that and throw that in front of them. Right. And say, oh, look what I can do and you can't. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I was talking with my uh, brother-in-law and my uncle as well and said, you know, and and if my brother-in-law was in the house and I knew he had an issue with drinking outside of he just doesn't do it, right. then I would even go so far as to hide it from him uh-huh. so that he can't get a hold of it. Right. Uh, but But that's completely different than somebody coming in and saying, oh, you know what? You doing that offends me and I don't like that. Right, right. I'm glad you say that, Nathan. I think that is one of the most misapplied passages. I mean, really, all the liberty passages in the 1 Corinthians 8 section Mm -hmm. and the Romans 14 uh, uh, passages dealing with the weaker brother. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't think the weaker brother is automatically the person that says, I'm offended by that. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. Right. I think the weaker brother. That's the professional weaker brother. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's because it's interesting. If you ask that person if he's the weaker brother, they'll say no. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the weaker brother, by the way, is one of the strangest um, passages to come to by way of application because nobody ever considers themselves to be yes. the weaker brother. Right. It's always the perspective of the person with an understanding of liberty or how, however you define it that is viewing others as the weaker brother. So that that makes it a little complex from the start, but. Uh, to me, when the person, the example to me is the person, I meet a person that just says, yeah, Greg, I, I don't want to drink a beer because in their mind, in their conscience, mm-hmm. right. they think they're sinning against God. What do I do there? Mm-hmm. I think Paul does two things there. He One, he informs and teaches mm-hmm. and basically says, in that case, it was meat offered up to idols. He tells you the truth. Oh, yeah. you, you can eat that meat yeah. right? Uh, because there's yeah. only one God. He makes no bones about that. that. Yeah. So, hey, pun <laughs> intended. <laughs> oh, no, shoot, intended. chew the meat, spit out the bones. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, so the, you've got him clearly teaching, informing as to the truth. Right. So I view it that, okay, I've got a job. I want to help this guy see at one point, whether he drinks or not drinks, that drinking a beer in our culture is not a sin. There's right. nothing intrinsically evil about that. So I could help that person see that. 
In the meantime, while mm-hmm. he's being informed, whoever, however long that takes, I don't want to urge him to do something that he right. thinks might be a sin. It's one of those things like, yeah, if I walk uh, out of that door and back in three times, I think that might be a great blasphemy to God. Uh, I'm not sure it is. I'll just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think something might be right. um, you know, a displeasing to God and would, would cause grief to the Holy Spirit, you're not sure, and you go ahead and do it, that's a problem. So if I'm aiding and abetting a person for violating his conscience, it's one thing. But in many cases, I hear people say, well, we're not going to serve that because right. of the... And I, No, you just mean people are offended. Yeah. Right. And I'd rather teach and inform yeah. and right. say, well, that's ridiculous. It's not like they're a weaker brother who's going to fall into a sin it, and it, violate their conscience. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And when we had... Um, I think it was Les on uh, mm-hmm. Les Lanfear, who's yeah. he and Tanner, of course, in charge of the, the Reformed uh, Pubcast. Uh, and the Reform Pub online, which we were uh, seeing that conversation unfold today. He said, I remember last year, Nathan, you were asking about this question. Mm-hmm. And he said, sometimes it gets overplayed. He goes, if I've got a guy who's a struggling, recovering alcoholic, I, me drinking or like chugging down a beer in front of him, forget, he said something like Paul's teaching and liberties, etc. Because right. common decent courtesy right. means don't be a jerk. <laughs> right. He said, Why? I mean, don't even non Christian people generally know that. Right. Uh, there's hey, a good this, sermon title for that. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. That's a SpongeBob song. It's Christmas. Um, and, you know, there, there is a sense of which is commonsensical. I'm not going to, one, flaunt in front of a guy who's struggling, and I certainly don't want to aid and abet him. But Christians that are just angry about yeah. your belief, I think that's a different matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm sure you have too. I have heard that weaker brother argument used and abused and pressed into service to defend just about anything yeah. that you want to squash. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it really is a way of, it's like a power play. It is. The, the guy who uses that argument is like, I'm going to control this. I'm going to trump you. I got the spiritual trump card. It's the weaker brother yeah. thing. I don't have scripture for my view. I don't have anything from Jesus for my That's view. True. But I'm going to use the weaker brother thing. So you can't go to movies because of the weaker brother. And you can't drink a beer because of the weaker brother. And you can't, you know, what can you do? I know. There's it's, a weaker brother everywhere. There's, a, there's always a weaker yeah. brother. Uh-huh. It's almost like he's a little guy on your shoulder. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't do They're that. everywhere. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point steve it's almost i would call it the the evangelical equivalent of the race card yes uh, is the weaker brother uh, argument thing. just uh-huh. i'm gonna play it because it's it's got such powerful rhetorical effect mm-hmm. it's intended to kind of silence oh yeah that's right oh, yeah. i want to do that and mm-hmm. a lot of people just i don't think have, have really studied that passage and, and necessarily understand all of its implications so it's got a lot of punch to it mm-hmm. uh, a lot of punch to the weaker brother yeah oh uh-huh. another rum punch uh-huh. um yeah. Now, the other thing, Nathan, that uh, I think we were talking about before is a lot of people, mm-hmm. and maybe we should give some thought to this, will say, well, what about stewardship? Sure. From the perspective of biblical stewardship. Yeah. Jesus wants us to be faithful stewards. Mm-hmm. You know, To whom much is given, much will be required. Right. If you're not faithful in little things, you won't be faithful. So what about, I'll throw it to you guys, people that say... I mean, yeah, I spent $4 tonight at 7-Eleven on your guys' tickets, but I could have put that $4. And they're worried about your stewardship. I, oh, I, man. I could have put that $4 in the offering plate yeah. on Sunday. Uh-huh. I could have dropped it by uh, the Goodwill. I could have dropped it by Salvation sure. Army. I could have Instead, I put it on a ticket. So thoughts, stewardship. Yeah, and you know, it, it's funny because uh, in college, I remember running up against this debate. And, and the reason why it was so funny is because I remember my father – um, every day he would drop a dollar on the lottery. Uh-huh. And so, 
you you know you start adding that up and and people say the same thing well that's you know that's thirty dollars a month that's mm-hmm. you know x y z a year and blah, blah blah and what is he doing with that money and it's funny because I would look at people and say you know what I back then I blew more than that in an arcade right there you go right you know I, I today you can easily drop sixty dollars on a video game yeah oh sure so at you least, know. Yeah. Am, am I being a bad steward with my money? And and it's funny because the the retort would be no 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 you know but you're getting something back from your your mm-hmm. quote unquote right. investment. Right. It's like yeah I'm getting about eight hours of video game play time, <laughs> and then that game is being traded in for less than half the value. Yeah. So I can spend another sixty dollars on another video game. Right. Um. So yeah, I, th- I think stewardship is important. I think we are to be good stewards of our money. I think we're to be good stewards of our time. I think we're to be good stewards of um, everything that has been given to us. But that doesn't mean that we don't do anything with that. Mm-hmm. And I think too that there's a difference. Um, you know, somebody like the three of us who are you know middle income families going out every once in a while and throwing a couple bucks down on a lottery ticket versus. You know, I saw it all the time. It was the saddest thing in the world, people coming in and spending their last $2 that they had yeah. on a ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I think there is something that to be said about that, and yeah. I think that does need to be addressed. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep, that's a good, um, good clarification, Nathan. That, Very you good. know, stewardship isn't not partaking and participating in things. It's knowing your limits right. when participating good. in them. I, again, just when, when people start using arguments like, well, the weaker brother. <laughs> well, stewardship. Right. Um, it, it just it's kind of broadcast to me. I don't have any biblical arguments. I don't have any scripture, but I want to control the thing anyway. So I'm right. going to throw in the general principle of stewardship. Right. And, and I want to ask them you know, right away, well, uh, what groceries do you buy? Right. Mm, like, yeah. do you buy good food or you buy some junk? Right. Yeah. Is that stewardship? What kind of car? Do you, you have a Lexus, don't you? Right. Right. Do you really need a Lexus? Yeah. You know, why didn't you get a, uh, a Prius or, yeah. or uh, some? Uh, you know, there's yeah. so many stewardship well, issues. Well, Steve, a Bible believing Christian. You're wearing a suit. Though. I'm yeah. wearing a t shirt. Why'd you have to buy a suit? But, dude, a Bible believing Christian, wouldn't they buy American? Well, <laughs> unless, uh, I'm a little worried when you said Prius. Uh, let's be real. Who kidding. in this room could fit in a Prius? <laughs> <laughs> Steve before us. To? See, there, there's Nathan a gamble. before me. I think that's, that's just about as dangerous as riding a Harley, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I get slammed into. I don't yeah. want to be in a Prius, man. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the stewardship thing. Yeah. And, and I it think you're right. me. Where where does it end? Yeah. Where is the line? Yeah. It, it's so and it's your personal decision. Everybody has one, but people talk in these generalities. Mm. Well, from a stewardship perspective, I yeah. have an issue with it, and uh-huh. and you do start say because then it raises the issue where you would say, okay. So are you opposed to uh, entertainment, recreation, right. mm-hmm. whether that be... Uh, How many fishing rods do you have? Exactly. Yeah. Ticket to an Orioles game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go to a Ravens game. A Ravens game. Or that cost get you and the wife. And very the costly. And the, uh-huh. um, and the food that you got there. And you're right. Did you? Okay, so you went out tonight to dinner. Where did you go? Oh, we went to uh, Ruby Tuesdays. We went, oh, okay. Now, what did you order? Oh, we got... Uh, you know, I got a little chicken dish, and uh, you, know, you know, my wife got the salmon. And okay, now how, how much was that? Well, when it was all said and done, it was about uh, forty-four dollars plus the tip. Now, you know, you could have gone to the supermarket yeah. and bought that for a third of the cost. So, well, isn't at least that Chipotle? What you do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nine bucks, brother. Nine bucks. Hey, and I'll even risk 
the norovirus and the salmonella <laughs> and the whatever it is. <laughs> Sorry, Chipotle. I do like Chipotle. You're right. So where do you stop? People, well, well, no, that's different. And you say, well, why? Yeah. Because couldn't you say, no, no, if you would have the exact same meal at home, um, and, and why get a dessert? There's uh-huh. no nutritional benefit. So just mm-hmm. why did you do that? It's not yeah. good stewardship. Uh-huh. Then you could tally up all that money, like yeah. the person said about your dad's thirty dollars. Yeah. Right. How many you know, TVs do you have in your house? Exactly. There's yeah. so many things. Yeah. It's just so bogus. Well, stewardship. Let's look at your life I know. Right. and talk yeah. about stewardship. Yeah. Right. Well, and, I, and I feel like this is the issue that we get into with a lot of these things is people start throwing out these terminologies to apply to everyone else. Right. Instead right. of focusing back on themselves oh, yep. and yeah. asking the question, is this good stewardship for me? Right. Forget yeah. what my brother's doing. Forget what that person's doing. Forget what that person's doing. Is it good stewardship for me yeah. to go out and buy this ticket? Yeah. Hey, can I give an example of a time that I I gambled mm-hmm. and I think it was good stewardship? Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think four times oh. some guys at our church have gotten together mm-hmm. in someone's barn and uh, spent an evening playing, uh, what did we play? Texas Hold'em. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So there was a $10 buy-in. Yeah. So I brought my 10 bucks and I bought in, and I played. And, of course, you know how I did, right? Yeah. With my amazing yeah. skills at Texas Hold'em, <laughs> you know, I lost my 10 bucks, yeah. right? Yeah. Somebody else went home with 80 bucks because he took everybody else's 10 bucks. So, so the night cost me 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm going to argue that was 10 bucks really well spent because yeah. I invested an evening with guys from our church Absolutely. talking and enjoying yeah. and being together and so on. Uh, I think it was very wise stewardship. But I made a joke. The, the last time we did that, and I lost my 10 bucks again, I, I said to the guys, well, I'm going to have to go home and tell Debbie, honey, you know that vacation we were taking? <laughs> I can't afford the gas to go on right, that vacation. Right. I lost our $10, baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. Especially now with that cheap gas, man. That's, that's like, right. That's like, you know, seven gallons. Oh, I can yeah. drive my Jeep again. Right. Cheap gas out there. Yeah. Hot uh-huh. dog. Yeah. Yeah, that is... A great point, Steve. I'm, I'm, guys in our church are in a fantasy football league that, that I play. It's a $20 buy-in. Um, you know, it covers the entire football season. Mm-hmm. And I was asked once by a, not a, a stuffy guy. He, he just said, no, Greg, just help me think through that. Like, so the, win, <laughs> the winner at the end gets the whole pot, uh-huh. but did you just throw away $20? I said, no. I said, when I, when I paid my $14 to see The Force Awakens or whatever mm-hmm. it was, or, yeah. um, I had a two-hour experience. I bought some entertainment. Bought some entertainment. Yeah, I, I'm buying something that I I want to do. That it's fun. We yeah. all buy entertainment. We do all the time, one and, time or another. And to me, if a guy is, you know what? I mean, you know, you, you go buy your your Powerball ticket, and you, you go home and you tell you, "Hey, baby, you get ready because when I win those big numbers, part of, like I, I talked to a guy, I said, you know why I'm doing it? Don't you? I mean, one out of two hundred ninety-two million. Because it's historic. Yeah. I want to tell my kids years from now, I, I bought one of those tickets uh-huh. and yeah. some schlub out in Des Moines, Iowa won it instead of Frame me. Frame the and, ticket, put it on the wall. Yeah, well, right, uh-huh. right. And yeah. it's, you know, it's it's um, the whole question of what we spend on, on entertainment is, again, a deeply personal question. Mm-hmm. And let's be mm-hmm. honest, there isn't chapter and verse mm-hmm. that specifically says this percentage of your income, I would say this, it's always a hard issue. For some people, no, they probably shouldn't buy a lottery ticket. Right. They're in such financial need, they probably shouldn't buy a pack of gum either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're you don't know which bill to pay, and you know that's that's a very personal thing for each individual. Somebody else says, "I got a few bucks in my pocket. It's expendable income. I can walk in here and I could do this, or I could do something else." I don't want to be the guy policing that, yeah. saying this guy is uh, in sin and this guy isn't. 
when the guy talking to me about stewardship is holding a huge Coke from McDonald's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somehow yeah. his argument just doesn't <laughs> yes. win me. Though. Hey, can I tell like a footnote on st- on the stewardship? Oh please? yeah, I'll try yeah. to be real quick, but. Uh, this is stewardship, and this is just an interesting pastoral thing as well. Yeah. So a family left our church because some other people were bugging them and upset them, and they finally left. Uh-huh. Uh, I really love this family. I was close to them. We, Debbie and I spent a lot of time with them. We vacationed with them and stuff. So we wanted to show them we still love them, and we said, let's all go out to dinner after they left our church. So they picked the place. It's a new place in Bel Air here called Alchemy Elements. Oh, I've seen it. Haven't oh been. man, looks, really trendy looks place. Fancy. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really expensive. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. They picked it. We weren't there. Wow. So we split the bill down the middle. Yep. My cost for half of the bill that night was with the tip uh, one hundred twenty-four bucks. Wow. Wow. And that's what I said. Wow. <laughs> but you know what? Here, here's yeah. why I'm telling it. Um, it was stewardship, brother. The next day, they showed up back at Trinity and said, we're back. Wow. Mm. Just because of the time spent with you guys. Because the time was good. It went well. And they decided, you know what? We want to stay there after Rekindle that connection. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes what may look like a waste turns out to be a stewardship. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I just hear some very... Plus, the lamb was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) When they serve... (laughs) I hear some stodgy (laughs) guys saying, you could have done that at Taco Bell, brother. (laughs) Uh (laughs) No, that is a great... Great point, Steve. I just think it's a it's a very personal thing. Um, I you know I don't want to tell a person, oh, you, you got to do this and not do this. Uh, we're so insistent on things the Bible isn't insistent on. Yeah. And <clears throat> when you have to extrapolate from general principle, yeah. and then boil it down, ticks the, me off. The Bible is very clear on this. Let me give you six reasons. You look close. I'm not seeing a whole lot of verses in there. I'm uh, getting a reference to a principle, mm-hmm. and then I'm getting a story. I'm getting an anecdote. <laughs> I'm getting an application. I'm getting a little kind of side reference to a psalm uh, about how the Lord owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Now I'm getting worried. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. You start thinking, man, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does – and you said that on a podcast a while back, Steve. I loved it. We should be so diligent, especially as Reformed Christians. What does the Scripture say? Preach it, brother. Preach what does the Scripture yeah. say? Not culture, not traditions that have been part of my church culture family. Uh, what does the Scripture say? Let me start there. Reverend James King, are you listening to this? <laughs> oh, I bet he's listening, brother. Uh-huh. You better listen, brother. And I bet he's formulating a response. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, perhaps on the next one. but I um, And I will say... Al Mohler is a brilliant man, all due respect to him. I think the dude reads a book a day. And memorizes it as he goes. And a yeah. brilliant guy. I, My personal opinion, and people can look at all the article and think what they say, is that it was, again, it was a culturally, a, a, a Christian subculturally applied um, polemic piece, I, mm. I think. That's my yes. opinion of it, yes. that I was very unpersuaded by. So, so I went to the web and looked up a bunch of people's yeah. articles. Oh, yeah. What was their take? And these are like nationally, if not internationally known, reputable people. You, yeah. You'd know some of their names. And I, you guys are always brave. You name them. I'm not going to It's your, it's your <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I don't want to get... <laughs> but this one starts off... The, the title is Why is Gambling Wrong? And, uh-huh. and you go through it. And incidentally, at the very end, there's an ad that says four stages to a heart attack. And I just thought, that's appropriate. Reading this article yeah. was stage one for a heart attack for me. So the, so the article starts off, Why is Gambling Wrong? And here's what it says. Listen to this opening line. While the scripture does not specifically address the subject of gambling, yes. comma, 
And I just want to stop right there and yeah. say, well, then what are we talking about? Know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that's your opening, <laughs> opening yeah. line. Well, Scripture doesn't say, all right, so I, end of article, you're yeah. done. Yeah. But, but it's like, Scripture doesn't say, but I'm going to tell you what you should believe anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and what really troubles me then is we're, we're bringing down the authority of Scripture that our confessions of faith say we really uphold, and we're elevating human opinion. Mm-hmm. And I want you to accept my human opinion as it has the authority of Scripture. Yeah. That really Hello, me Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, while the scripture doesn't specifically address the subject of gambling, it provides us with a number of principles. There it is. It's always the principles. Principles. Yeah. yeah from like the general sense of scripture. Yeah. So, so uh, here's principle number one. Gambling, like many things in life, like many things in life, can become addictive. Right. So that's the first principle they're going to deal with. It can become addictive. Well, all right. Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, you know, what? Can, what is not addictive? Can I be blunt, brother? Men should not have sex with their wives. Yeah, that's rather <laughs> because addictive. Would it, I mean, wouldn't it be safer <laughs> if there was yeah. just no sex? Yes. Because sex can go too far. And yes. you could, I mean, it, uh-huh. I'm saying, people say, well, that's ridiculous. But why? Uh-huh. Wouldn't the same argument... You might like it too much. Right, exactly. You might... <laughs> starts putting thoughts in your heads. Hey! Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we need to go back and put the children's disclaimer at the beginning of this yeah. one. But yeah. The second principle, it becomes a means of getting rich quick or seeking fortune apart from constructive labor or work. Gambling seeks to bypass the process of using our abilities, getting training. Well, I imagine most people, I don't know, most people who bought a ticket this week, you have a job. I'm pretty sure I do. You have a job yep. and you bought two. So you're not yeah. really bypassing having a job right. and so on, right? right? So argument number two is bogus. Yeah. All right. Next, gambling breeds a form of covetousness. All right. This is America. America breeds a form of covetousness, right? Again, I want to ask, what what do you drive? Oh, a Lexus. Right. Okay. Uh, You know, that's a really nice suit you're wearing. I mean, maybe no Christian should buy any house. Yeah. Because that could breed covetousness. You shouldn't go to college because then you get ideas like, I'm going to make some money here. Exactly. That's covetousness. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, just all these bogus. Here's another one. Gambling destroys families. All right. I'm sure it did somewhere with somebody. <laughs> so did, you know, name it, right? Yeah. Name it. But uh, if this is the best we can do, and these right. are like world-class theologian, pastor guys, and, and they come up with this stuff, you know, uh, Scripture doesn't say it, but I'm going to tell you, it just makes me sick. But, yeah. Steve, so many people, and we've all had this, mm-hmm. good, godly, thinking Christian people will hear a, a sermon like that, read an article like oh, that, yeah, and think, say, wow. I don't know, Steve, you should really look at this. Listen he to makes this. a compelling case. And it's. I think you're, my concern, too, is, is that opening statement should almost, if not silence the whole article from the beginning, mm-hmm. put such a, hey, so this, yes. is a, this is a thought. Do with it what you Here's will. Here's some of my opinions. Here's some of my opinions. Yeah. I'm going to lay it out as my opinion. Things to consider. Yeah. What do you guys think of this? I, I thought this uh, as a tongue-in-cheek experiment a few years ago. Um, uh, could I convince a, a group of people um, of the following uh, argument? Here's the argument. You know, I was watching. Uh, I was watching some children in a in a in a children's church setting, and they were watching one of these uh, Veggie Tale videos. And uh, I've got some concerns. Let me uh, let me tell you why. I mean, yes, there was a moral lesson. There was a Bible lesson. There was a, a parabolic telling of the David and Goliath story. Um, scripture is very clear 
that the Imago Dei, the image of God, belongs uniquely <laughs> to human oh, beings. so good. Right? I mean, that's what the scriptures say. Uh-huh. Uh, God did not give that Imago Dei to animals. To vegetables. Vegetables. He didn't give it to shrubs. He didn't give it to river. He gave uh, it to mankind. That's the crowning achievement of Genesis 1. There's something 1. sinister in veggie tales, isn't there? And when cucumbers, yes, Steve, uh-huh. think, feel, react, <laughs> talk like men, it's evil and should be denounced. I'm wondering, could I convince people of that? And they would say, I got a scripturally solid argument. Mm. There are always, I think some people are so turned on by legalism, they don't know it. They look. They grab that stuff. They they want to to, to have that. So they can go, frankly, and look at other people and say, you're doing it wrong. Mm. And And because maybe they feel like, I need boundaries in my life. Somebody needs to tell me. Yeah. Exactly, and, and yeah. I, that's a good point. I think a lot of people do crave those boundaries. Yeah, uh, and and I've had people tell me, Greg, I just want to know yes or no. Yeah. yeah, don't give me. Well, it depends your heart. Yeah, and I said, but you know what? What relationship? And and if if our Christian faith is ultimately a relationship with God, what relationship is like that? Yeah, where everything is a black and white formula. Can you imagine if you live like that with your wife? Ugh. I mean, there's no nuance, no, fun at all. no subtlety, no yeah. no sense of oh. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how you're feeling about this. And everything's black and white. How does that work out for most couples? No yeah. sex tonight. <laughs> we really got to put that disclaimer in at the beginning. Uh, yeah, the working all yeah. that stuff out is the fun of the thing. Well, that, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. I don't know she's a relationship. fascinating because I got to figure her out. Yes. And she's feminine and different. And, and ultimately, Peter's admonition to live according to knowledge, knowledge. or with understanding is a challenge to that, to, yeah. to know and yeah. kind of learn and understand uh, you know the opposite sex and your wife in particular, and and uh, I just don't know of any other relationship that thrives. Well, I shouldn't say that there is one. Maybe the military relationship of the sergeant mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. and the trainee, right? And I yeah. would, and some people gravitate to that. Unique. But I would say, is that all of life? Right? Do people live their entire lives in that setting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, there, there, there's a lot uh, to explore there, and I yeah, I get frustrated and. Lisa's my best critic because she says, Greg, don't don't be legalistic about not being legalistic. <laughs> oh, um, I am. I'm yeah. militantly legalistic <laughs> well, about not being legalistic. Uh-huh. It's so easy to go that way. We're like, all oh, these people make me so mad. Yeah. And um, I, it's hard to know. That, but some people I'm convinced are just um, – I think I've told this to Steve in, in another context. I think you know these people, so I'll be extra cautious. But um, my in-laws um, uh, years ago – had a uh, graduation party for one of their sons from high school. And uh, they invited dear friends of theirs that they had known for years and years. Uh, and they were having trouble coordinating the graduation party because you got grandparents coming into town, aunts and uncles, and we're going to do it on this day. And then now we're going to move. They finally settled on like a Sunday afternoon at three. You can see where this is going. Uh, they asked them and the couple said, um, Connie, we would love to do that, but, but. We just, we can't, Violate the Lord's, Lord's Day. Lord's Day. Man, dude. I know we'll do a Sabbath podcast some other time. <laughs> but wow. Yeah. Again, the yeah. rule as it's understood by the person yeah. trumps the relationship yeah. in a very non-common sense kind of way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's striking yeah. to me. Yeah. Hey, can I mention one other reason these guys give that gambling is wrong? Yeah. This one really fascinates me and angers me. And disgusts me. 
gambling is wrong because it denies the reality of God's sovereignty. Yeah, I've heard by that. affirming the existence of luck or chance. What? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Now, listen and this, to, and this listen is to, from a reformed guy, oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Listen to Ecclesiastes nine eleven. Uh, the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the mighty, the bread's not to these guys, riches aren't to those guys, favor isn't to those guys, but time and chance happen to them all. Interesting. From a human vantage point, I don't care how Calvinistic you are and how much you believe in the sovereignty of God, from the human vantage point looking up, yeah. there's a whole lot of things that are just, it's a chance. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And nothing wrong with talking that way. Scripture talks that way. Yep. These guys say, well, if you're gambling, you're affirming the existence of chance, and you're denying God's sovereignty. We talked about this before the broadcast, yeah. Nathan. I totally agree with you. What was that you said about it? Yeah, I said, well, no. To me, it, it affirmed God's sovereignty because if, it, if, it, if it's God's will, then I'm going to win. Guess yeah. what? God's just as much in yeah. control of those little balls floating to the top <laughs> right. and those numbers coming out yeah. in, in the uh-huh. row that is on my right ticket. Now I'm just praying over this. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. The, yeah. Yes. Can, can the I, dice turn and the lot being cast. Let me tell you guys a true story. Yeah. This is amazing. All right. A, a, a guy, an acquaintance of mine, a guy in our church that I know well, knows this guy, introduced me to him. We spent some time together. Let's call this guy Bill. All right. So Bill is like uh, 25 years old, uh, didn't have a great job, lived in a kind of a poor place, has a wife and a kid, and he is super spiritual. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this, this guy is. All he ever talks about is scripture. It's like it's wrong to talk about anything else almost. <laughs> he fasts and prays every week for like you know, half a day or a whole evening or a whole day or whatever. One day he's fasting and praying in his upstairs room, and he heard a voice say, buy a lottery ticket. Oh, my goodness. And he was just like Peter in Acts chapter 10. No, Lord, I have never eaten anything. <laughs> I've never, and the voice said, buy a lottery ticket. And he said he thought for a moment, is this Satan? Sure doesn't sound like Satan. I don't think it's Satan. Um, so, short story, he went downstairs, he got in his car, and he started driving, and he said he had no idea where you would even buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He's never seen that. He's never done that. He drove up the street, and there was a place that said lottery tickets. Yeah. So he went in, and he stood in line, and he bought one ticket, and he went home, and he won a million dollars. Wow. No Way. Way. Wow. And the mutual friend we have has been helping him invest it. He started a business flipping homes, buying and flipping homes. The only thing he bought himself was a pickup truck. Wow. A new Ford pickup truck. And then he's put the rest in. He's invested to invest. In, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. But isn't wow. that interesting? Wow. He's like, you know, anti-gambling dude, but he says God spoke to him. He bought one ticket and bam. Wow. Hmm. That. That could be a podcast topic in itself. I, know, right? I mean, what so do you say things? about that? I know. And I say, I well, mean, no, it wasn't God. You know, right. How can I say that? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's interesting you because I was going to make a joke earlier, Steve, that I heard years ago. It's kind of a cliche joke, which is, but yours is the true version of that, which is a guy that was praying every night, Lord, please let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery. And just months went by with no response from the Lord. And then finally, here's the voice from heaven. You know, it says, Jim, would you meet me halfway and go buy a ticket? <laughs> and so, you know. I'm a the- god of means. Uh-huh. Get off your butt, buddy. Yeah. So, wow, Steve. I, I've heard a lot of stories. I've never heard one it like really that. really processing. And you know this dude. I know him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I won't say we're like great friends. No, right but now. I understand. Right. Yeah. I understand. We've talked about it. We've wow. Well, well, that came up. I was talking with uh, Jill Dempsey, one of our regular listeners, and she is so glad, Nathan, she's being named right now. Hi, <laughs> yeah, Jill. Jill. We love you, All Jill. Right, Jill. You are awesome, Jill Dempsey. 
Especially because you keep Greg straight. <laughs> she does. She does. She's our administrative oh, coordinator here. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't. She tries. Uh, and we were talking about this today, and she um, was talking about a conversation with somebody in the past. Uh, I believe it was a pastor, and, and just having the same kind of conversation. And the guy, my sense, was, was kind of fair to middling on the subject and said, well, what if somebody won the lottery and gave – large yes. offering to the church and he said i think he said something and jill forgive me if i'm wrong like well if i didn't know where it came from <laughs> I, I would like to say and i think i know what you're saying Steve. i want somebody in my church to win the powerball <laughs> and give on that awesome winning oh yeah brother and then our building fund is covered no problem and right many there. Th- missionaries can be quadruple the uh-huh. things that can be done i make no bones about it uh-huh. i i don't really know one of the other arguments Steve, i think was alluded to in your article that I've had some good friends tell me through the years, and I understand this. Hey, it's it's unscriptural, and they will chapter and verse me from Second Thess, um, or is it First? I think it's Second Thess. If a man does not work, mm-hmm. he shall not eat. And then I say, okay, okay, let's let's talk about that again. There's your point first. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the people buying tickets? Do they have jobs? I would imagine the majority of them do, and they're doing this kind of as a funny ha ha. Hey, wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be wild? Mm-hmm. Got to do it once, whatever. Uh, number two, does that rule out ever receiving monetary gifts uh, for mm. birthdays, graduations, yeah. Christmas? Yeah. Because, no, I'm sorry, I can't take that. If a man does not work, he shall not eat. What about if you receive a big inheritance? A big inheritance retire? from a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were talking, Steve, earlier. What if uh, parents <laughs> want to help their their kids or adult kids buy their first home? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mom and dad, box. man does not work, he shall not eat. I mean, are we really going to rigidly apply that? To every situation, as if the Bible is kind of like a just a sterile code book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we're desperate to control other people and have answers for everything that the Bible doesn't provide, yes, we'll do that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I'm that, sorry, man. That, I'm, I'm cynical and <laughs> no, disgusted no, on this I, kind of thing. I, I, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I'm not. Feeling any different? Maybe the fear of this podcast is we probably shouldn't have gotten we should have gotten Nathan a, <laughs> we needed a divergent else. opinion, but uh-huh. it might have gotten bloody in here tonight yeah. because it is a very frustrating and i will say i i i followed the thread today mm-hmm. on the reform pub and uh, it was very tempting to comment and just uh you know i, mm-hmm. I never really comment on a thing i enjoy yeah. reading what people say and i think it's a great uh, website those guys have have designed and it's for that purpose to express opinion etc mm-hmm. but i thought wow some of the um almost vitriolic mm-hmm. um huh. stuff coming out really? of people it was yeah. it surprised me yeah. surprised me just that there was such a visceral reaction from some people that this is just a no-brainer. It's wrong. Uh-huh. I don't think it helps uh-huh. when, yeah. um, you know, though I yeah. named Al Mohler, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I, I, because I, a respected, uh, reformed evangelical mm-hmm. leader is brilliant, very bright, and for a lot of people, that's all they need. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll go ahead and say one of my sources yeah. here was Phil Johnson. Oh yeah. Who I think wrote all of John MacArthur's books? Right, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, so. He is uh, MacArthur's true right hand man. Yeah. Was and uh, doesn't surprise me with yeah. him. Yeah. You know, again, a brilliant mind. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I will say this, Steve, because we covered this one. I think with um, one of the the past podcasts where we talked about drinking. Yeah, been, been yeah. a few of those now. And um, I will say this. You know, I quote MacArthur pretty regularly. I think mm-hmm. he's a very capable. Preacher, expositor, I think some, that. some very great stuff he's done. So there's all my qualifiers. Mm-hmm. His commentary on Ephesians 5, mm-hmm. to me, illustrates a major problem. I'm enjoying this commentary years ago. I'm going through it. Get to chapter 5. Do not be drunk on wine, but be drunk or, but be filled with the Holy <laughs> Spirit. 
almost made a real slip there. And uh, commentary of about 12 pages, Stephen, that commentary. Oh. Same thing on the article. Uh-huh. Um, he actually, if I remember rightly, says that the, the social drinking does fall under the liberty category in Christianity. But However. <laughs> let me give you some yeah. biblical thoughts. So here it is. You, that you then get like 11 reasons why you should not drink. But it is a liberty issue. You could do it. So I, I'm being honest. I came away with, is the Bible confused on its own message yeah, on alcohol? Really? Mm-hmm. Really? That's what, that's what I came away with. And, and if you read through those 11 reasons, and if you can get past them and, and still drink, you're a sinner, man. I know. Exactly. But <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing. Like, hey, John, I read all 11, disagreed with all, uh, all 11 of them. <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. uh, I'm going to head over. I'm going to yeah. head down here to the sports bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just... You'd rather people speak honestly yeah. Yeah. and just say, look, we're on the level of opinion now. And opinion is – I want the opinion all the time of guys I respect. And I'll listen to it and I'll, I'll weigh it and I'll factor it. And sometimes I'll let it shape me and sometimes I'll say, hey, I hear where you're coming from, but I disagree. Yeah. But when you raise it to that level of mm-hmm. biblical-like yeah. truth, and that's your yeah. – yeah. that, That's what really takes me off. Me you're too, attacking – see, I could do this. Thing. Well, they're attacking scripture. I know, right. They kind of are. I know. I would yeah. agree. It's um, – yeah. It's an opinion that's been elevated to such a point yes. that you, you get nervous. It, it's, it's when you take the fence. I mean, that's the whole Pharisee thing you mentioned yeah. earlier, Nathan. I mean, yeah, put up a fence around the law. That's what a lot of people do. That way we, we don't even come close to violating it, hmm. which historically is why uh, those in Orthodox Judaism, and when I years ago was at a, a Jewish university with an Orthodox professor sitting in as a guest in that class, every time he would write God on the board, he would write G-D. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I realized later, oh, he's not writing Hashem, the, the name, because – or he would write Hashem, which means the name, but he would not write Yahweh or would not write mm-hmm. God in English. Now, I imagine the thought there, historic – Scripture never says that yeah. mm-hmm. because the Scripture does name him frequently. Right. Um, and there were scribes and copyists that did it. So you put a fence around it. Mm-hmm. The fence is we're not even going to write the name. Okay. I'm happy if somebody does that as, from a personal standpoint. That way I'm guarding my heart, guarding my mind. But then what happens, and I think that's what you see in the Gospels, Jesus violates their fence, mm-hmm. not the command, but they treat it like he violated the command. Mm-hmm. You know, So he heals on the Sabbath. Well, they put a fence mm-hmm. around their understanding of honoring the Lord's day. He violates their fence that the Scripture doesn't say he did. And, I've seen so much of this and participated yeah. in too much of this yeah. in really tight, reformed circles yeah yeah look out man hey can i just mention uh i've been inside a casino once you ever been uh, in one i haven't actually that's that's one of my goals but joy won't let me uh, yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever been in, inside a casino dude can i just say real quick i love that on this podcast is you know steve that is one of my goals <laughs> dude, your bucket list no, so, uh say i was in one one time, same thing in Niagara Falls when Lisa and I were there. We walked All into right. a casino and I played one slot machine. Ah, you did. Look and at I, that. And I didn't win. And you didn't win. No, didn't yeah, stewardship, brother. It was. Uh-huh. Yep. Great time with your wife, right? It was. It stewardship. was. Stewardship. So memory. we were on a, a trip. It happened to be a motorcycle trip to go see some friends in Virginia and stopped at, um, oh, next to Harper's Ferry is uh, a town that has a casino. Oh, oh I can't yeah. even think of the name oh. of it now. Anyway, so we stopped there. We just got a motel there and didn't realize it, this is the motel that sits beside the casino. Okay. So we're in this motel. We had nothing to do for the evening, and we thought, let's go walk through the casino and check this out. <laughs> wow. So it was fascinating. It was mainly like busloads of old people. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Sitting in front of machines for endless hours. Penny machines, right? Popping in <laughs> coins and, and pulling right. levers and stuff. And really, I, you know, my thought was, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Was it Charlestown? That, that's it. Charlestown. Yeah, Charlestown. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. of course. Uh, yeah. That's just sad. Yeah. This is what they want to do for entertainment. Yeah. But I'm not going to get after If some of them are believers, I'm not going to get after them like mm-hmm. with a stewardship thing. Mm-hmm. Or, right. Or, all right. Yeah. Well, and what's they're funny is in yeah. a lot of those cases, they're going in groups. Mm-hmm. And so they have friends that they are actually oh, sure. going with together. There. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, you've seen the busloads of yeah. 95 sometimes. And they're it? not spending a lot yeah. of money. Right. Really. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's how some might be. And again, we can't if they're mm-hmm. if they're denting. <laughs> Their savings, if they're unable to pay their bills, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, okay. We, there's, there's, right. there's some issues yeah. there, as there would be for anybody right. yeah. that's spending too much on on a car, on a car that they, they can't, yeah. or a house that they can't pay. Coca Cola. So uh, exactly. So, yeah. but I think a lot of that is social. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. a, it's it's a thing to do. It's entertaining. Yeah. Bingo is is kind of oh, similar. Yeah. Bingo is money. And what what's interesting? A, a buddy of mine knew I was doing this today and said, I don't know if most evangelical churches do this. Do they raffles? But no. some churches them, do do raffles. Yeah, a lot of them don't because of that gambling. The gambling right, thing, huh? right, uh-huh. because it's a gambling thing. But then I've heard people say, well, raffles different because that goes to charity. Uh, the, uh, the, the bulk uh, of the money uh, goes to serve the church. I yeah, promise right. if I win, mine will go to charity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that charity. It's the Bell Foundation. <laughs> that's right. Uh-huh. Yes. That's, there's, that has many tentacles in many different that's places. Right. Charity is one of the nicknames for my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Very good, Steve. Touche. Hey, seriously, though, I don't know if you want to raise this question or not. If you won mm-hmm. the $1.4 billion, and maybe you get to keep, what, half of that or something? Uh, yeah, probably. Sure. Well, Sam's yeah. done with it. Uh, what would you do? Ooh, yeah. man. Yeah, no, actually, it's funny because, to me, that's part of the fun of this. I agree. Is, you know, it, am I counting on this? Am I banking on this? No, but you know what? It, it was told to me um, by my former boss that, you know what? Every one of these tickets is a winner until Wednesday night. Right, right. Uh-huh. You know, and so, so imagine and yeah, dream. and so you know, just yeah. in those couple of days, you know, just sitting there thinking about what what I do with that, yeah. and so yeah, I mean, the several times uh-huh. that I've bought it, immediately I would take half of the winnings. I would take the lump sum. Yeah, I take half the winnings and I divide that in half, and I would give half here to Christ Fellowship, half of that half to Christ Fellowship, and then the other half to the church that I grew up in back uh-huh. home. So right I would like there. to say, brother, we'd wow. receive that. Yeah. We, we would so, receive that. So that so we we said what? That's six hundred million. So yep. um, so three hundred million. So one point five. So one hundred fifty million. No, it's funny. And, we were, seriously, <laughs> we barely know what to do with that. I, I know. Christ Fellowship could do all right, huh? <laughs> what do you um, do with at that? At that point, I'm leaving Trinity, and you're hiring me, bro. I don't know for what, but you're hiring me. All right? <laughs> you're going to be our motorcycle consultant. That's it. I'll gladly be that. I'll, I'll, I'll sweep yes. the floors. <laughs> and uh, so, and then from there, the the remaining $300 million, um, I just I'd start paying off debts. Start with my mine and Joy's debts uh-huh. and pay all those off. Yep. And then I, I would seriously just go to friends and family and say, you know what? What debt do you have that you want me to pay off? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know that I would give anyone any money, but right. but I would do that. I would say, hey, you know, what, what debt do you want me to pay off? House, college, yep. whatever it might be. And then boom, done. Nice. And, you know, just help people get out of that debt. Yes. Yeah. Very good. I like that, man. How about you, Steve? Oh, you want to hit me? Yeah, what would you do? Yeah, to your point, Nathan, thank you. This is fun mm-hmm. because we 
me, Lisa, and my kids have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Dad, what would what we do? do? Yeah, uh-huh. so much fun uh-huh. to talk. Because the kids say stuff like, Dad, I, I could buy a theater that has all my favorite <laughs> childlike dreams and yeah. all that stuff. Oh, and it, could it be our theater? It'd be like our own movie theater, and <laughs> we can invite friends and family. We just have us. So you could buy a lot of theaters. <laughs> I saw on the Today Show you could buy there was a, a um, oh what was, was there's certain private islands in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. um, small islands that you could buy for four hundred and thirty million dollars. Imagine <laughs> telling people buy so, one. Yeah, where do you vacation? Oh, I'm in the Bahamas. Oh, now do you have a timeshare there? No, it's an island. Oh, you own a house on the. No, no, I own the I'm island. The island. <laughs> and, and I bought a jet to fly us there. And a pilot. And, so you start uh, thinking, okay, you know, we were talking about that. Obviously, Is your name Kenneth Copeland? <laughs> well, brother, I, if you have faith in your faith, which was one of his books, Faith in Your Faith, uh, then, then you can get that. Um, no, we a lot of the same stuff, Nathan, in terms of, I mean, church, mm-hmm. charity. It, it, there are certain people in my life that I know have had hard times, and similar to you, think, man, wow. How fun that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably uh, want to remain anonymous, which mm-hmm. I think in Maryland you can. Yeah. Well, that'd be um, awesome, wouldn't it? Because yeah. then, now then it's interesting if uh, all of a sudden you've got four Ferraris parked in your driveway. <laughs> right? People, hey, People start guessing yeah, you have a meth lab in your basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's like no option is good at that point, right? So it, it would kind of maybe constrain a little bit of what you do. Obviously, just pay off the house. And, mm-hmm. Could you and see Greg at a Ferrari? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it would be so much fun. Um, to really, and I know it sounds Christian cliche, but to, to just pray and think how to creatively bless. Yeah. What could mm-hmm. this do? It's yeah. such a massive amount of money that you yeah. you really, I'll be honest, I have no context to even Staggering. think about it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I did read, uh, there was a little blurb by Mark Cuban, you know, who's a multi-billionaire. You'll, you'll see him from time to time, and he owns, what professional sports team does he own? I'm forgetting. He owns a basketball team mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. And he had some thoughts on what to do. And he said, listen, because he's a billionaire, I'm telling you what to do. If you do it, uh, he said, hire a tax attorney mm-hmm. right away. He said, you just want to get a good tax attorney because that's going to be an issue you're going to deal with for the rest of your life mm-hmm. when you have that much wealth to make sure that you are navigating things well and, and not doing foolish things. Uh, he did make a good point. He says, there is nobody in your life that needs $1 million. Mm-hmm. Huh. He said, so if people come to you and uh-huh. say that, uh, and he said um, – you know, I don't think writing from a believing perspective, but he talked about help mm-hmm. and what you could do to help mm-hmm. um, uh, people. Uh, hire you full time, brother, on the These Go to Eleven podcast. <laughs> hey, I receive that, yes, yeah. uh, and and oh. expand this uh, a little bit. <laughs> but um, I, I just would think once you would kind of yeah pay off debts and yeah. and uh, maybe secure your kids' future, which is a really fun thing, and grandkids to think okay. Ha- the rest of your life to be able to creatively, joyfully bless mm-hmm. people, ministries. Yeah. Hurt. It's just phenomenal what, mm-hmm. what could open up. What about you, Steve? Yeah. Similar stuff. Yeah. I think uh, – I'm sure you feel the same. I don't trust me. Like I have no idea. I have no wisdom whatsoever for how to handle – Half a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so I would want to go to people who can tell me, here's what you should not do. Yes. Here's what you can, what you should do. And I would listen to them. Yes. 
I, I think the only thing I'm going to buy myself right up front is a brand new Ford F-150. Oh, there you nice. go, brother. I just want a nice Ford pickup truck. Yeah, nice. But, you know, that's what? That's uh, thirty or $40,000 yep. instead yeah. of... Yeah, and I think I, you could probably handle that Yeah, uh, at that point. Yeah. I, I, I think you might be able to so front I, I'd afford myself that luxury, and then yeah. I'd say, all right, what do I do? But, yeah, I, you know, I have... Four kids and ten mm-hmm. grandkids. Yeah. They they rise right to the top oh, of, of my course. consideration. How yeah, could they you know? not? Yeah. yeah, like I at least I think you don't want to ruin them. They mm-hmm. need to work. They do right. Right. We have four sons. They all need to work. They yep. need to pursue their careers. So I don't want to mess up their lives and yep. give them a bunch of money and then they're just dawdling or whatever. Exactly. But I think I would I would buy them each a really nice house. Yeah. Paid for. Right. Right. To kind of jumpstart wherever they are in sure. life right now. Yeah. yeah. And then their career can build on top of that. Steve, on an unrelated note, would you adopt oh, me? Oh, no. <laughs> would, would you be my dad? Baby Greg. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to come into the Heartland family uh, at 45. and Uncle Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Papa Steve. Uh, and uh, receive some. No, that's a good thought, dude. How, well, of course, you do think. Uh, now, I will say, Mark Sweeney, who I mentioned earlier, saw a documentary he was telling me about. I think it was called Lucky. A few years ago, that follows some of these winners, and you know you've you've got the uh, you've got the stories of um, the the ridiculous like people that have have lost it all because mm-hmm. the one guy said, you know, I, I found a pair of pants I like, and I bought two hundred of that pair of pants, oh, wow. or I found a car I liked, and I bought thirty of those. 30 cars. <laughs> you know, just almost because uh-huh. like, they have no sense on what to do with this money, and yeah. eventually yeah. It, it it does disappear. So yeah, those stories. But he said you even had stories of um, couples that were were. Uh, very thoughtful, very careful, but in they testified that in many ways it had a ruining effect in their life hmm. from the standpoint that you just couldn't have a normal conversation anymore. And he made the point that you're talking to a couple and they're not even asking you for money. They're not even telling you're just having the normal. Con- hey, how's your fall going? Yeah, well, we're we're trying to decide. The house definitely needs a new roof. Yeah, we're struggling, and our youngest has got to get through college this year. <laughs> and he said, one, you feel awkward. They're not even asking you; they're just talking about life. Number two, your relatability is gone because yeah. that's never going to be an issue for you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Of course, Mark's telling me all this. I said, you know, I, I'd still be willing to see what that was like. Yeah. I, I I might be willing to test that. You know, though, I I I've known a few really wealthy people. Yeah. Uh, I know somebody now. They're really wealthy people, yeah. and it's it's my impression. And, and I don't think they listen to this, but if you guys listen to this, I love you. But yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. my impression that it's very difficult for them to make friendships, to have people they trust, because the feeling is always they're they're in my life because they want they, some of the benefits. They, they want a piece of the pie. Yeah, yeah. they want to be in my house. They right. want money or whatever. Yeah. It's really hard for them to trust people and make good friends. And you know they've probably had they've probably been burned. Yeah. Which is, I think, if you're not anonymous, I mean, you hear the st- people that come out of the woodwork. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you uh-huh. could do it in an anonymous way, yeah. bless people discreetly. Mm-hmm. I mean, something tells me word would eventually uh, get out. I'd know? like to say I'd stay in my present house because I'm absolutely happy with it. Yeah. I don't care. I don't need a big house. I don't sure. Need- mm-hmm. But but the problem is. Um, I would probably wind up needing a bigger garage. Right, yeah. You <laughs> I get am a that bit of a motorhead. I might yeah. have to have a couple of vehicles. Absolutely, uh-huh. man. Yeah. Absolutely. So I could see that. I could, you mentioned a Suburban earlier. I, uh, a buddy of mine years ago had a Suburban, and it was a nice vehicle. Oh, it's like the ultimate family people hauler. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. mean, it was. I know it's a gas-guzzling yeah, tank, it is, it is. Uh-huh. but, uh, man, it was a nice ride. Put your wife and kids in there. Oh, so big and spacious. Nice. 6,000 pounds of steel all around them. Right, yeah. right. But, you know, it is. we do talk about this. When you think about it, I mean, so much of life. I don't know. I mean, do you stop liking just the movies, a good cup of coffee, um, you know, going out to just a local Mexican joint with friends and laughing and telling stories. Yeah. Like, I'd like to think, does that 
change. It shouldn't change. Shouldn't. You know what I think? I, I'm, you'll agree. Everybody who's listening will agree. No matter how much money you have, Jesus is right. He says life does not consist Amen. in the abundance of abundance things. Of you know where life consists in is in, of course, knowing him, drawing near to him. It's our vertical relationship. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's horizontal relationships. It's especially yeah. family and the people you love. And are those loving relationships going good? Yep. Yeah. So if I have no cash, but those things are going good, yep. I'm a blessed, happy man. If yeah. I have lots of cash and those things are going good, I'm bl- the cash is not yeah. the issue. Yeah. It's, it's family and lo- people yeah. you love. Can, can I wrap up with one little short yeah, anecdote? I know we've gone a little long. It's been fun, guys. Um, to that effect, uh, Steve, I heard a, a man, Bill McKinney, was a pastor in this area years ago, who one time said almost exactly what you just said. He said, life is relationships. We all know that ultimately our relationship mm-hmm. with God. And then our relationship with, say, our spouse, our children, our families, friends, lost people. And you kind of went through that. And then um, the experience I had, I told this, Nathan, in a sermon not long ago, mm-hmm. where uh, Lisa and I were in the mall. This is when we only had our first two kids. Ben was about two years old and cute as could be. He was just a curious kid. Wasn't a disobedient boy. He was very compliant, but a, like Curious George, we called him. Right. Mm-hmm. Ben's kind of brown-skinned. He's, he, so we always called him our little Curious George. And Lisa just almost had that maternal sixth sense. We're at the mall in the Disney store about a week before Christmas, mayhem. And she must have said to me seven times, Greg, you're going to watch Ben, right? Not not get distracted. You're going to watch Ben. I said, I am, Lisa. Relax. I got him. I got him. And I had him I like white on rice. You know, I was with him. And uh, we're in the store for a while. She's got Sam looking at some things. Sure enough, I do get a little distracted. I'm looking at this. Not you. And I know. Shockingly, right? Red rubber ball. Squirrel. And um, <laughs> then I uh, I would turn and look. Ben was there. Everything was fine. Turn and look. Ben is there. Turn and look. He's not there. He's gone. Oh, and I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. It's, he's here. It was, I got I mean, this. 10 seconds that, that I had my eye off him. And, you know, so at one point, Lisa looks back, kind of smiles, and I smile at her, feeling guilty, like, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And then finally about two minutes Oh. I wander up to the cash register and I talk to him. I say, you know, this boy's two years old. He's wearing a green shirt, you know, blue jeans, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, sir. I see. She could tell I'm looking a little sickly. Oh, Finally, man. four minutes. And I realize, man, I'm crying. I think of the story. I have to tell Lisa, you know. And so I, um, you know, I told her. And, man, it was about 20 minutes mm. that we were without in that. Oh, crowded mall. that's terrifying. Long, it just feels like an eternity. And again, parents that have had that ultimate horrible experience, again, I, I can't even imagine. Because yeah. that little 20-minute scare rocked oh. me to the core. And uh, I've thought of that many times. If some To what you just said, uh, if uh, the late Ed McMahon came up to me in that mall and said, you know, hey, Greg, you just won ten million dollars. I wouldn't I care. care. Equally, if somebody yeah. came to me and said, "Hey, I just want to tell you, Greg, while you were gone, your house burned down, and everything you've ever worked for is gone," for I wouldn't care. Yeah. Sometimes you get a moment that clarifies what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is life is yeah. relationships. Yeah. Ultimate guy. By the way, I found him. Uh, a security guard walking back from the food court. Oh. And uh, let me just say this: uh, that was. 
That was a rough rest of that weekend. Is that where you got <laughs> the, the marks on your face? <laughs> Steve, I want to thank like you. fingernails dug in or something. <laughs> I want to thank you for that couch that weekend, man. That was, that was a, I wouldn't have gotten any sleep. You snore, brother. Couch. You snore. Uh, it was, uh, and understandably, she. I've always told Lisa, she handled it pretty well. She had every right to be furious with me. Oh, um, man. And it, it was a little icy for a while, and then she she forgave. Thank Greg's you, just honey. thankful they don't own a cattle product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But isn't <laughs> Isn't it true? Like that's all you in that mm-hmm. moment. None of that money. You not wouldn't enough. care at yeah. all. Yeah. You know about either yeah. side. Get yeah. out of my face. I've got to get my son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so clarifying. Yeah. 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 That's all that matters. I I saw a a, a news interview. Uh, some news reporter was interviewing George Bush the elder yeah. and asking him. You know, you were you were president of the United States. You were the commander of the most powerful army in the world. You were this. You were that. The other. And, and now here you are. You know, years later and looking back on it all. Um, what means the most to you? And without batting an eye, without taking a moment, he said, family. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like, yeah. I don't care if I was commander-in-chief. Family. It's pretty wild. I got kids and grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, that – yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I you hear that when people are on their deathbed. They're not thinking, mm-hmm. man, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish I'd watched one more yeah. AMC original Could series. I have another week with my grandkids right. I, and my wife exactly. and my kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Just if one – yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good, good. Cool. This was great, guys. And, um, you know, just wrapping everything up, um, you know, I think uh, what we've been about on this podcast and what we continue to be about is um, just the freedoms that we have. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's again, not to say that we want to throw the law out the window and become completely antinomian and have nothing to do with it, but it's looking at scripture and Yes, the things that Scripture says, let's stand, let's stand firm on them. Yeah, the things amen. that Scripture is silent on, let's also be silent yep. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. So um, we're going to go ahead. This has been a great conversation, guys. So much fun. Uh, we're going to wrap up now, and we just rock the Casper. Powerball style. These go to 11.